I tell you, it's so good to be here. And I want to tell you right now, there is such an anointing in this place. There's a presence of God in this place. And I'm so thankful for your pastors, pastors Paul and Ruth. You guys are incredible because they have such a heart for the north. They've got such a heart for souls. I turned up at their house at 11 o'clock last night. And if any of you know Paul, I knew I wasn't going to be at any time soon. Um, but I, I love it because... One of the first stories I hear come out of his mouth is about how last, last week uh, he has a gentleman in his house and he leads him to the Lord. And this morning as I come into the prayer meeting that's here, by the way, turn up 920, you want to be here for that. You know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. You want to get in amongst the, the, the men and women of God and the presence of God. But as I'm here this morning, he starts praying and declaring souls. And I want to encourage you, church. I just looked back and I looked over those chairs at the back there. And the Lord encouraged me. He said, each one of those chairs represents a soul for Northland this year. And so I'm back there and I just actually did a quick count. And I reckon there's over 200 chairs back there. That's 200 people. Um, but, you know, God is good. He's so good and, and he's really good. And I'm going to ask you, church, this morning to help me. Uh, because I, I got asked to, to speak on Rest and Revive, and I've got a message here. I got notes. I'm fully prepared. And then this morning I got up, and I, I, I was like, God, I just, I just want to spend some time with you. And so I opened up my Bible, and so then God starts speaking to me uh, from, from, from when Jesus calms the storm. And I'm just like, God, I, I don't know what to do right now, because this message is perfect for the theme, but I already have a message. And so I need your help this morning, church, because I want to deliver a fresh word, an in-season word, a word for you here right now. And so I have this revelation, but it's not in a message, but I feel like I need to share some of that this morning. And uh, I, I feel like it's going to blend in. So... Uh, Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for your power, for your presence that's here. God, I pray right now that you would bring your rest, but also you would revive us from the inside out to be your hands, to be your feet. Lord, we declare this morning, Lord, for revival to come over the north. Lord, we declare salvations and souls over Kerry, Kerry. Father, right now, I call forth the gifts and declare your increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're all on a journey here in this place. And this morning, I want to take the next 20, 25 minutes with you to share with you on this journey. Because from today on to the day we step into eternity, God has got plans for you. Can you do something with me this morning, church? I think I did this with you last time, but I love doing this. Can you do something? Can you take a breath in? Hold it. Exhale. If you can successfully breathe, guess what, my friend? God has got plans for you. God has got purposes for you. If you can breathe, you're alive. And that's exciting. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life in its fullness, life in its abundance. And that's a life where we can be rested and revived in Him. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, God formed man and breathed his life into us. He gave us his spirit so that we could be a living thing. God breathed into you. He breathed into I. And apart from God, I am dead. You see, it's resurrection power that lives inside of me. 
I love how uh, in, in, in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham received a promise from God. He said, count the stars, so shall your descendants be. And I shared that with you last time, I believe. But it took many years for that promise to come and be fulfilled. And so I want to ask you this morning, why are you here on earth right now? If you can breathe, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a plan. You're here to be part of God's destiny. His purpose is here right now in Kerry Kerry. 2016, you find yourself here at Excite Church, and it's no accident, my friend. It is no mistake. God planned it, and He purposed it. All right, that's enough of that. Let's go into the notebook. <laughs> I want to read to you in Mark chapter 4. And I, I woke up, and actually before I went to bed last night, like just God was stirring on me this story of Jesus calms the storm, Jesus calms the storm. And I was just thinking about it. And this morning when I read it, it just it hit me like a bomb. And I want to read this to you. Mark chapter 4. Verses 35 to 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Are you excited about going over to the other side this year, my friends? 2015, I don't know what your 2015 was like, but we're going on over to the other side. You might have had a terrible year last year. You might have had a hard year. You might have had a great year. I want to tell you, whatever your 2015 was, 2016 is a greater year. There is greater purposes. There's greater plans. Let's go with Jesus onto the other side. Leaving the crowd behind. And they took him along just as he was in the boat. Oh, just as he was. Jesus had been ministering at this time. Are you reading this? He'd just come and preached a sermon on the mount. He'd gone around, been praying for people, been praying for people with leprosy, been seeing people healed left, right, and center. All sorts of crazy miracles were going on. And Jesus said, let us go on to the other side. I tell you, no matter what God has done in your life, he goes from glory to glory. And just how he was. I can imagine Jesus being a little bit tired. Maybe you entered into 2015, the holiday break, and you're a little bit tired. Maybe you entered into this place and you're just like, oh man, God, this has been such a tough year. Man, I don't know about you, but maybe you have family situations. I know that I have. Maybe you've had situations with your finances. I know that, that I haven't seen the fullness of, of God's promises yet. There is greater things. And so he said, let us go to the other side. And there were also other boats with him. Praise God. Jesus took people with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushions. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, they're freaking out. You've got to understand something. This is the Sea of Galilee. This is the same sea that Jesus called fishermen that would fish on the sea every day as their daily livelihood. They knew the sea. They knew the conditions. They knew what it was to be sailors. They knew what it was to be there. And all of a sudden, if these guys who worked on this for years, knowing it, that this is their livelihood, all of a sudden they start freaking out. You know things have gone bad. You know that this is actually not just a little bit of a storm. 
This is not just a, a few little waves. This is not inexperienced people. This is people that were in their element, that their craft, that they had learned to do. And in their place of where they were raised up, trained, they found themselves facing a situation that they couldn't conquer. Teacher, don't you care that if we drown? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is an incredible piece of scripture here, and if you would take some time to stop and meditate on it, you'd actually start to see that actually Jesus was leaving a place of his work and ministry to go for a time of rest. If you look on the maps and you read through the scriptures, you see him going from Capernaum to, to over the other side there to uh, Gerasenes or something like that, and I, can't know how to, I don't know how to say it, but you look on the map and the, the journey by boat from where he was is about seven to eight kilometers across uh, the, the, that you'll see there. Uh, I, I had a look on Google Maps this morning and, and looked up there uh, to see the distance because I, I, I didn't have maps in the back of my, my Bible to, to figure it out. But I, I looked on there and, and then I just, because I was on Google Maps, it gives me the options to, to, to look at it. And I plugged in how long it would take you to walk. And so today, to walk from there to there, Google Maps says it'll take three hours, 27 minutes which is a pretty precise time. Now, I don't know how long it would have taken Jesus if he wanted to walk, but he chose not to walk. He chose to go across in a boat. He chose to take a way of rest. He chose to, to take a way of rest after ministering. And it's interesting in the, the Bible, you see God sitting up right from the start of creation that on day seven, that there would be a day of rest. And Jesus took time out to rest from his ministry. He took time to rest and, and this. And so here he is in this boat taking a journey. And isn't it so funny that on his journey, in his time of rest, he could have walked around. By the way, walking would have been the easiest, safer route, but it would have taken effort. It would have robbed him of his opportunity for rest. How many times, my friend, in your life do you find yourself in your life with an opportunity for rest, but it seems to be the, the, the challenging way, the way that requires faith. Oh, I, I tell you, you know, you go, oh man, I was telling I was telling Pastor Paul last night, oh, isn't it a challenge that on a Monday morning, which is my day off, I think to myself often, oh man, I should just, just get a few emails done. I'll get a head start on the week and I'll start just doing a few things. But my wife would say to me, no, you will not do that. You'll spend time with me. This is our day. And, she, and oh, I praise God for her. But isn't it interesting how often there's so many things that vie for our attention and that will take us from that place of rest. And even in his journey as he goes across, I believe that Jesus probably hopped in the boat because for him he knew I needed to take some time out. Just, the Bible says just as he was. Wherever he was, what he was facing in that time in his life, he said, man, I need to rest up. I need to, to take some time. And so he goes and he falls asleep at the back of the boat. 
He falls asleep on a cushion as the waves are coming in, as all this situation, and he chose the way of rest. He refused to allow the situations and circumstances to rob him of that. He could have taken an easier option. He could have walked around and could have guaranteed him. It was the safe option. It was the option that he knew would get him there. It was the option that he could plan for. Man, taking the option of rest means that sometimes we have places where we can't plan for things and yet he went this way and the disciples woke him said don't you care don't you care they said be still have you ever thought about that for a moment I don't know how far away from land they were but the Bible says it was completely calm the wind died down and was completely calm anyone ever tried sailing in that weather you don't get anywhere. That's impossible. What did the disciples have to do as a result of Jesus being woken up? They had to exert effort. They had to row their boat back in. They no longer had their place of rest. Jesus always knew he was going to get to the other side because God had a plan and a purpose for him. Getting to the other side was never a question. See, he was challenging them how to activate their faith to enter into his rest. And I want to share with you two thoughts that go hand in hand with what God has called you to do because we're all on a journey. There's promises that God has for your life. And I believe that God wants to take us from where we are now to that place. And so now I'll go back to my notes. Rest and revive. You see, God wants us to be rested and revived. He wants us to be rested and revived, but we can only be revived from a place of rest. So where do we get rest? We get rest when we wait upon the Lord. This is what it says in Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Oh, man, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Oh, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He gives strength. Anyone weary here? Oh, the Lord has strength for you. I want to tell you something. He gives it. Even youths, young people, teenagers grow tired and weary. And young men like myself stumble and fall. But those who hope on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not will grow weary. I want to tell you something. When you wait on God, when you choose to take this path, oh, it's a path of Faith. But when you take this path of faith and choose to rest in Him, to set aside that time, to trust God, oh, there is a strength that comes that God releases in you. He increases the power to you who may be weak. Oh, you look at your situation and go, God, it's so hopeless. I need to do something. Oh, no, your situation is so hopeless. You need God to do something. Yeah. See, our source of strength, what you can do is finite. It runs out. If I was to ask you right now, what is your energy reserve like? If you were to imagine a bucket and you were to 
just in your mind's eye, imagine a bucket and to draw a line across it. Where would your energy reserve be? Would it be half full? Would it be a quarter full? Would it be three quarters full? We, we have finite strength. There's only so much we can do. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it's only Jesus who can come on the inside and transform us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that works in our lives that enacts change. And I want to tell you something. When we allow God to move in our lives, when we allow Him to come, we also need to take the faith step of spending time in rest, hearing from Him. See, the promises of God for your life are so great that they can only be fulfilled by God's intervention in your life. Did you catch that? The promises of God for your life are so great, are so big, that they can only be fulfilled by God's intervention. You can't do what God has called you to do by yourself. You need God's strength. You need His intervention in your life. You need to receive from Him. We need to be in relationship and connection with God. That's why resting, taking time apart to, re- to, to, to renew who we are by spending time in His presence. Because when we're in His presence, He tells us who we are. We receive from Him. Imagine if, if, if we just relied on ourselves. Imagine if, if Abraham never knew God's voice and, and he didn't know that when God called him up to the mountain to kill his son Isaac, he didn't hear him. And didn't stop that. Or what about Moses if he didn't know how to hear God's voice and he sees this burning bush and then just continues on his merry way? Or imagine if Paul, when he's beaten and thrown into prison, didn't know how to hear from God to keep his strength up. Or Ruth, who left everything she she had to, to, to stand in that place. Or Esther, who risked her life for the people of God. Imagine if these people in the Bible, they didn't have relationship. I tell you, relationship comes when you stop. And take time. I like the, the fact that this morning God interrupted my, my, my planned message for you guys here. But it only came because I stopped and took time and rested in his presence. See, if we're not listening to God, how can we expect to make it to his destination? You plug in, a, in your GPS on your phone, you need to go somewhere. And if you mute that thing and turn it over so you can't see it, how are you ever going to get to the destination if you don't know where you're going? How are you going to know which never? How do you know if you're supposed to take the second or third exit at the roundabout? <laughs> how do you know if you're supposed to turn right in 800 meters or 300 meters? How are you supposed to know what it is you're supposed to do in this journey of this season of life if you haven't taken time to rest? In his presence. Jesus said this, I only do the things that the Father shows me, the things that I see him doing. Where did he get that? He got that when the Bible says Jesus withdrew to lonely places. He withdrew from where he was and came to a place of rest. See, cultivating a relationship comes from spending time, worshiping, praying, meditating, journaling, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, learning, relating to one another in church. Using your faith, exercising faith, stepping out. I want to tell you, church, when you rest in Him, it'll do far better than an eight-hour night of sleep. It'll do far better than a one-week vacation out at Kaiwi Lakes. It'll do far better. Man, I tell you, when you rest in the Lord, something happens. But there's something that you'll notice with Jesus is that He never just withdrew to lonely places. And there's a partnership that comes. You see, God gave Him rest 
But there was a, that, that's just one side of the equation. That's just one side of the coin. You see, we're rested for a purpose. Rest and revive. Rest. Jesus says, I will give you life and life in its fullness. But how do you get that life in its fullness? I want to tell you, friend, life in fullness is not found by relaxation and, and going out. The dream is always, oh, I want to get rich and retire early so I can do nothing. But that's not the dream, my friend. I want to tell you I have more satisfaction. I am more fulfilled as a person when I step out and do that which God has called me to do. I want to tell you, you are revived when you step out and you do something. You have faith in one hand and you wait on the Lord and you rest. But on the other hand, you take that rest and what you've heard from the Father and you go out and you do something. You revive yourself by stepping out into the call and purposes of God. Oh man, sometimes it's scary. There's a, there's a, a thing that people say that the first 20 seconds are the scariest. You want to do something that freaks you out? Get past 20 seconds and you're away laughing. You want to jump out of an airplane with a parachute? Those 20 seconds leading to that door, man, you're sucking yourself out. You jump out and you're ah! And then all of a sudden you're free falling. You're enjoying it. You're, you're there. You're my man. This is my experience. Maybe you need to share the gospel with someone. Man, have you ever felt that, that, that calling of the Holy Spirit? Man, your heart's beating. Your, your throat goes dry. Your, your palms are sweaty. And you're just like, oh, man. What? And you're just thinking in my head, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? You start sharing. Man, 20 seconds in, all of a sudden it's flowing. Man, it's just going. It's going. And all of a sudden your spirit's coming alive. There's a presence of God there because you're revived for a purpose. Man, when you're acting out with God, God has got you to do, when you do something, every single one of you here in this place has gifts and talents by God. Some of you are musically inclined. I want to encourage you. Speak to Emily. Speak to Paul and Ruth. Get on board with the worship team here. Some of you are, are creatively in mind. Man, there is so much scope for the creative. Some of you are pastorally inclined and there's so many people here that need care for some of you are administratively minded man you can just nut out something and, and like it'll take me three hours it takes you 20 minutes to do all this stuff some of you whatever your gifts man some of you love to chat just talk to people and you can hear people's hearts you can hear it and you just all of a sudden you draw it out and some of, some of you guys are just gifted with souls you need to go for that whatever God has placed on your life you need to do it I want to tell you you're never going to be revived in yourself unless Unless you do something, God will leave a dissatisfaction in your spirit that you cannot see transformed change by any other way than doing something. And there's this lie that floats around. I don't get any opportunities to do anything. I want to tell you that is a lie. And I'm here to crush that this morning. When you take the faith step and rest in God, because that's the first step, you need to do that. Opportunities will come. You can pray a crazy prayer like this, a dangerous prayer. God, show me the opportunities. Your mind will be blown by the number of opportunities that come every day when you open up your eyes to look for them. Tomorrow morning, this is how you get an opportunity. How was your weekend? Say that to anyone you like. 99% chance, this is how they're going to respond. Good, how was yours? Boom, opportunity. Man, I had an awesome, I went to Excite Church. It's exciting to go to church. It was this crazy white preacher there. He was like going up and crazy. He was telling all this stuff about sharing about Jesus and the fullness of life. It was awesome. Man, we had this incredible worship. The presence of God was there. We were praying for people. Lives to change and transform. Man, I love it. Why don't you come to church next week with me? 
What? Man, we got this great beach day. I'm looking for one of those flies right now. We got this beach day. You like hanging out? You like doing stuff? Come hang out. The sausage man's there. We got free sausages. We got jet skis. We got all this stuff. Why don't you come hang out? And maybe you want to come to church the next day as well. Man, you speak to someone. Oh, how are you? Oh, man, I feel so sick. Can I pray for you? Got a headache. Because maybe you don't have faith to pray for a broken arm. I've got a headache. Well, I can pray for a headache. I've got faith for a headache. Can I pray for you? And then they'll probably say yes. They won't expect you to pray for them there and then because most people think, go go off and go pray in your little. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh, dear. I, I pray you. No, no, no. You're like, God, I thank you right now that you died on the cross to pay for all our sicknesses and infirmities. I declare health and healing and command this headache to leave. And, you, and then you ask them this question, how are you feeling? Man, I've asked that question heaps of times. Some of the times they go, oh, no, no change. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're not going to be disappointed. They weren't expecting anything in the first. But then, <laughs> it's true. But then when they, they go, oh, I feel better. Praise God. Jesus just healed you. I mean, you go out there, you got to do something. You want to be revived in who you are? You need to rest. You need to receive. You need to spend time with Him. You need to take this place of faith and receive something from Him. Oh, but then you want to feel revived? You need to step out and do something. Praise God for Mary Jane going all the way over to Africa, stepping out, doing something for Jesus. What is it that God has placed in your hand? Because he said to Moses, what is in your hand? And he said, just the staff. And God said, no, 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 it's not just the staff. That's the staff that's going to lead your people out from bondage. What is in your hand? Rest and revive. James 2.17 says this, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. See, I want to tell you something right now. New Zealand is crying out for the church to rest and revive. New Zealand is crying out for Christians to know the presence of God, to hear from Him, and to step out in faith and do something about it. And I praise God for churches like this. I praise God for the men and women of God that fill these seats and reach out. I praise God for people that have a vision not just of gathering, but of seeing the kingdom of God expanded. And you are a part of that vision. Father, I just thank you right now for every single person in this place. Lord, I thank you that they are called by you. They're called for great things. They're called to see an impact. And Father, I pray that your spirit would come and touch every single person. You know, if we could just have every head bowed and eyes closed right now. I want to give an opportunity for every single person in this place. I don't know where you're at with God. But what I do know is that he's got a plan and purpose for your life. And if right now in your journey... You feel disconnected. Maybe you've never given your life to God before. Maybe you once did and you feel far from Him. Maybe you just don't know where you stand with God and you just want to know. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to stand to our feet. And if you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? That's me, Andy. 
I'd love to pray with you. And I'll invite you to come up and stand up over here on the right-hand side. And I'd love to pray with you and lead you in a prayer of inviting Jesus in your life. The Bible says whoever believes, whoever, it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter your social status, it doesn't matter what you look like. Jesus was strictly inclusive of every single person, whoever believes. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer of inviting God in, receiving the forgiveness that He paid for, and seeing your life transformed as you become a child of God. But this morning, I just, I get the sense that 2016, the year of breakthrough, God is wanting to do something in people's lives. And you're here this morning, and you know that God is calling you to rest and revive. Maybe you've just got so caught up in the busyness of life, so caught up in what you're doing, that you find it hard to rest. I believe God is calling His people into His presence in 2016 to hear from Him. And that as we hear from Him, we will go. We'll be His hands and be His feet. And I'd like to invite you to come up to the front here so that we can pray for you. I'd love to pray with you and have some of the pastors and ministry team pray with you. And just to believe for the Spirit of God to come and give you that faith step. You know, just stepping out of your seat is a faith step this morning. And God will see that. It pleases Him. (laughs) It pleases Him. And He'll respond. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And if that's you here today, you want to get right with God. You've never given your life, or maybe you have, and you want to come back. You're not sure where you stand with God, and you just want to be sure. I'm going to invite you to come stand up over here on my left, your right. Or you're here, and you just want to, you know that you need to rest in Him, and that this is your year to rest and revive. I'd like to invite you to come up too, also, and just come stand up here, and I'd love to pray with you. So if you're in either of those two categories today, you want to get right with God, or you just know you need something from the Spirit of God, as we stand, why don't you come? Church, let's stand. And if that's you, you just come up out of your seat right now. And I'd love to pray with you because the Spirit of God is here. He's touching lives, transforming lives. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Don't be afraid. Make this year your year. We thank you, Spirit of God, for what you're doing here in this place. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus.